Hello, and welcome back to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Robinson. Today, we're going to talk about replant. It's that time of year, being the middle of May, when replant is a big topic and a lot of decisions have to be made. Thank you guys so much for joining us. The objective of every product management team is to improve the product portfolio. If you're farming today, you have to be excited about what's going on. Favorite new advancement in this year's corn class? That's like asking somebody who their favorite kid is, really. So, but. <laughs> and so we really want to get to know what is exciting in seeds right now. Today, to talk to us about replant, we have Rob Seacoast's new agronomy manager, Todd Clausen. Welcome, Todd. Hi, Jim. Good morning, and thanks for having me. I'm honored and humbled to be here. Oh, excellent. So, Todd, you're going to be a new voice to a lot of our listeners here at the podcast. Could you just start out with a little bit about your background and about yourself? Oh, I'd love to. Um, I'm not sure how deep to go, because if, if I go through my history, I'll sound like one of two things. Either I'm really old or I can't hold a job. So, uh, I'm, I'm a Nebraskan, uh, born and raised. Uh, spent uh, 22 years in Iowa. I've got degrees from the University of Nebraska in, in crop production agronomy and plant physiology agronomy. I, I am also a landowner and a farmer in far eastern Nebraska, north of Omaha, south of Sioux City. Um, I've got, uh, with this organization, at least with the family organization of Robinson Family, Rob Seco, um, I've got Right at 12 years experience, I spent 12 years with the old Golden Harvest Group, J.C. Robinson Seed Company, but I've been here with the uh, with the new Rob Seco uh, for about uh, getting close to two months, and um, we're off to a tremendous start, and um, I'm excited. I'm excited for our platforms. I'm excited for, for what we have going on in the field, and I'm, I'm excited for you know, the foundation that this family organization stands for. Excellent. Well, we're excited to have you on the team, Todd. Great time of year to start with Rob Seco because, you know, as you know, planting's been going for about a month now, a little over a month in some geographies. And right now we have emerged corn and we have emerged soybeans. And, you know, it'd be ideal if all of that corn and all of those soybeans were to emerge uniformly, evenly and at 100 percent. But we know the conditions aren't always right for that to happen. Can you tell us a little bit about what may cause, you know, us to have to be in this position where we might have to replant? Sure. You know, our our plan A when we go to the field is perfection. And I'm telling you, the perfection just doesn't happen. There's too many variables, row to row, foot to foot, farm to farm, uh, implement to implement. There's too, too many things, too many moving parts to gain perfection. Uh, but, you yeah, know, when we think about replant, when we think about conditions, um, and it, it's usually about weather. Uh, the initial, the, 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 the top of that list for, for reasons is planting conditions and then lingering weather. You think about 2023, you know, we've had corn in the ground, oh, at least in the upper Midwest, uh, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, all the way back into the first week of April. And now, if you think about if you think about a couple of the big states, Nebraska and Iowa, once we once we put at least corn in the ground, our soil temperatures generally go backwards. 
They generally go backwards eight to nine degrees. Well, I'll tell you, here in 2023, we had seed in the ground locally, at least on a latitude of Omaha, Nebraska. We, we had seed in the ground, and we had soil temperatures go backwards 24 degrees, which for me is a, is a record to see. So you had fluctuating temperatures. We had cool temperatures. We had, we had uh, lingering wet conditions. So all of those things um, can lead to germination problems. Um, and then even when, when we do get emergence, you know, then there's more weather events. You have frost. Frost can affect corn, but really will affect emerged soybeans because of where their growing point will be physically. Um, and then, you know, we have excessive rainfall in areas, although we're in some pretty droughty conditions. But there's parts of our our geography today. Take uh, north central Iowa today where, where they've got six, seven, eight inches of rain over the over the previous three and four days. So there'll be some drown out areas with excessive rainfall. Hail. Um, hail is something that's fairly common, uh, particularly in Kansas and Nebraska. And then as you get in more coarser soils, we have sand burn. So, you know, all of these conditions lead to what? Lack of stand and also lack of uniformity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There are a lot of conditions, you know, it could be even planter related. It's, you know, something may not be set right. You know, be set right. You might not have, uh, you know, quite everything, you know, the way things may work out. And oftentimes a number of factors contribute. And so, uh, you know, lack of stand obviously contributes to, a reduction in yield potential for the field. I mean, if you think about it with corn, you could see a, uh, you know, a 30% reduction in stand, and, and that might mean a 15% a 15% reduction in yield potential for that field. And so at what point do you start thinking about, I need to replant this field in order to get maximize the revenue and maximize my income from this acre? Yeah, and Jim, you know, we have to separate the two crops, at least the two row crops that that we are most focused on, at least in this organization, corn and soybeans. And corn, um, you know, today's the 16th of May. Uh, we are still fairly liberal in our in, in, in our replant decisions with corn. If we can better ourselves, uh, we will. And, and when you think about corn, you think about that window uh, we can we can reach 90, 95, 100 percent potential for that farm for that season. Of course, the balance of the growing season makes a difference, but we can reach that high potential from let's call it April 20th through May 15th. I think there's a 25 day window mm-hmm. that that we can see that we can still get we can still get close to 100 percent potential. So uh, and and then, then then we can talk about soybeans here, here in a second. Give you an example. This morning, just this morning, uh, north of Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, we were on a farm planted on April the 26th. Uh, dropped to right about 30,000. It's dry land. Dropped right about 30,000 seeds per acre, and we're sitting out there today, and we're ranging from 11,000 to 24,000. Average is right at 18. Of course, you can't average the whole field. It's about 135 acres, but we're looking at it thinking it's about 18,000. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. We think 
no, not think when you see the conditions and the conditions were planted wet. Uh, the the true V was was compromised. The true V because of the real sticky conditions at that point in time, it pulled the it pulled the sidewalls up and out. It was pulling seed out of the ground. It left the true V or left the trench open. And so what what is out there today, I think, is is probably exhausted and going to be final. And we can go in there and ask actually what's happening. Um, they were they were pulling out the field elevator um, as I departed. And they'll replant that today. And that replant, in theory, Jim, that replant could give us 85 to 88%. But in reality, based on what the balance of our growing season brings us, that could give you as good a, of a yield potential as a May 1st or an April 25th planting date. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, the corn can compensate a lot with you know, planting dates. If we're early enough, it really doesn't lose much yield potential. You know, what about soybeans? I mean, soybeans, you're, you know, soybeans have the ability to pod flex, and I'm using air quotes for those listening. Uh, but, uh, you know, they also have, you know, they can bush out or you may lose yield uh, earlier or later. Can you tell us a little bit about how soybeans might, resp- might respond to these dynamics? Yeah, and you know, we look at soybeans, and soybeans are very contrasting to corn when we think about this. We're very liberal on corn in these conditions, especially in our high intense yield performance farms. But soybeans, we are extremely conservative with soybeans. And, and when I think about that, you know, how long have we been doing population studies in both corn and soybeans? It's been Years. decades, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we go back to the we go back to the early J.C. Robinson Seed Company days with the program known as Agronomy Upfront, doing doing those tests and that research back in into the early and, and late '80s. But what all of this population uh, research has shown us for soybeans is soybeans really really can compensate, and we can take soybeans well under 100,000 and still nearly reach 100% potential. And mm-hmm. if, if we're looking at it today, um, man, you're going to have to have soybeans under 75,000 before you pull the trigger. And and today is the 16th of May. And I, I look at it like this. We talked about corn having a window, a high potential performance window of about 25 days. Well, soybeans, soy, soy, the soybean window is a lot more narrow. It's a lot shorter. And oftentimes, I ask farmers, what's the best planting date for the best performance of soybeans on your farm? And they'll give you a date. They'll say May 1st, April 28th, May the 10th. Uh, But what it really is, is the first planting date on your farm has the most potential Mm -hmm. by the physiological, physical way that, that soybean plants grow. They move from vegetative stage to reproductive stage. So the more vegetation you have on the plant, the more potential that it has. So um, the later you plant, you start to you start to be penalized by that planting date. So really, it's not about replanting soybeans. It's about a late planting date on soybeans. And after that window, if you think about a latitude of, say, Omaha, Nebraska to Blair, Nebraska, that window is probably the 28th of April through the 7th or 8th of May. And following that, you will lose about one half a bushel per acre per day for every day you delay planting. So that's really where we where we have to consider it. If you have if you have sixty thousand plants per acre out there in soybeans, you probably have eighty five percent potential. Mm-hmm. Okay? That seems that seems crazy because that really is is light. And farmers say well 
farmers say, well, why do I plant 150,000? Well, so you can end up with more than 60. And so that 60,000 can still yield 85%. But now if you, if you contrast that with, with planting date, you know, your planting date today is probably 80%, maybe, maybe even sub 80%, somewhere in there. So that 60,000 today is more beneficial, more economic than planting or replanting soybeans. You know, again, unless you have huge drownout areas to whereby you need to go in and spot those in. Um, but there's also other things that you need to think about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you're, you know, the replanting portion of the field may be as important as uh, or more important than actually replanting the field. So what it comes down to in farming is really the economics of every decision you make. I mean, it's a little bit like you know, the book and the movie Moneyball. You've got to make these decisions based on, you know, it's it's all you know, fine statistical probabilities that may or may not come to be. And you've got to maximize each of those individual probabilities in order to maximize what your potential earnings or income might be. And so, you know, as you're looking at these profitability questions, you have to account for everything from your yield potential that you may have with your existing stand to the yield potential you have with a replant stand, but then also the additional costs associated. And so obviously you have to tear up the field. You might, you'll have to spend the money replanting, but then replant policies come into being as, you know, what is the replant policy for the seed that you, you purchased? And Todd, can you tell us a little bit about what Rob Seco's replant policies may be? So on our, on our general, our standard replant policies are, are 50% of retail. Mm-hmm. Now, we have, uh, we have some treatments and we have some seed treatments that, that in combination, soybeans as an example with our seed treatment known as Fortify, then your replant would be at 100%. So you mm-hmm. would be 100% discounted. In corn, in corn, our sister organization, a light crop protection organization known as Streamline Ag, if you combine corn with a planter box treatment known as Tune-Up Plus for corn, then that combination also has 100% replant. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that, that makes a big difference in terms of doing the economics of, of choosing to replant or not. It, it may make the decision easier or it may make the decision you know, harder, depending on how close you're looking at having the intersection of the two lines between not replanting and replanting. Oh, I know. And Jim, I mean, the, the whole thing, just when I'm listening to that, you know, replant is um, replant's a difficult decision. And, and one that you have to live with. And it, it really ends up being kind of a gut call. How does it feel? How does it feel today? And, and one of the things that we get off, and, and as we move forward, I mean, not just emergency. Gym, so if we run into a hail situation, as an example, or a frost mm-hmm. situation, but, but let's, just, let's just confine that to hail. Generally, when we get hail, we have some rainfall. And so conditions aren't conducive to get right back into the field. And the guy said, well, what should we do? Well, Number one, don't make a decision until you can act upon that decision. So that allows you then time to see what kind of recovery that you'll have mm-hmm. and to see what kind of final stand that you may or, or may, may not have. So, you know, I, I, think, I, I think those things are important. And, and that gut call, uh, you know, you also, have to, you also have to identify what the cause of the disappointing establishment of your stand is and if if you can't remedy that if if you can't if you can't change the conditions Mm -hmm. then 
it doesn't make sense to replant because all you'd be doing is simply repeating the same scenario that you already have. Whether whether that be planting too shallow or too or too deep, or if it's too wet, too dry. Maybe it was a herbicide issue. Maybe it's a disease issue. Maybe the planter is just inaccurate. Uh, you know, crusting as an example. If you if you want, if you can't identify it, and if those conditions if those conditions can't be changed or have the ability to change them, then that that replant situation doesn't make sense either. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, a lot of times, and this is, you know, always what I've been coached on throughout my career is that if the, if there's a lot of question about whether or not to replant, oftentimes the, the best decision may be no, don't replant, leave your stand as is because the number of variables impacting the new replanted field, they're going to be just as numerable as those that right. impacted the original planting. Right. So, and I was just going to say, and further out from just just emergence issues again, going back to the physical physical problems that we see, you know, hail and frost and and things like that. You say, well, again, no reason to make a decision until you can act upon it. At the same time, every moment's critical. Every day is critical, you know, because you're losing heat, especially in soybeans. As you get past the 15th of May, and it's probably 0.6 to 0.62 bushel per acre per day penalty for every day you delay planting. Oh, absolutely. Now, Todd, every year in my career, I've gotten the question from the field of, or from customers, from our DSMs, from dealers, whomever it might be, well, can I go in and can I intercede for instead of replanting or tearing things up? Plant on top of the row, plant next to the row? Yeah, you know, um, this is a podcast, so it's not, it's not videoed, and you can't see me shaking my head, but I am. I'm shaking <laughs> vehemently. Um, no, I mean for for me, that's that's just not a not a good and uh, conducive practice. Uh, mm-hmm. Corn, corn particularly, no, um, just because of the aggressive, competitive nature of corn. But uh, you just look at the uniformity differential of corn. Two corn plants that are two days apart. The, the late emerging or, or the, the plant that's behind, you know, that's that's 20% reduction, 25% reduction. Um, you you know, by doing that, Jim, you're doing one of two things. You're either planting a crop into weeds or you're planting weeds into a crop. Mm-hmm. That's, as, that's as succinctly as I can say it. It's, it's not common whatsoever in corn, but Frankly, it is fairly common in, in soybeans. If if you have 65,000, 70,000 out there, you know, the, the farm operation thinks, well, you know what, we wanted, we wanted 125 or we wanted 135, whatever that, that number is, it's not important. But if there's 75,000 out there, well, they'll, they'll go intercede 50 more, 50,000 more seeds to then bring themselves back home to 125,000. And that just feels better. Um, but there is data on top of data that says trying to subsidize that stand was as advantageous as leaving the original stand the way it was. Mm-hmm. It's, that's exactly right. It's a, it's always so tempting, but it's rarely, if ever, the, the right decision. So, Well, uh, Jim, I mean, Jim, you and I are both, we both have farming interests and we're both farmers. And and so we under we understand the emotion behind it, and it just feels better on the farm if if you're doing something about it. You don't like it. it. It's not the way I wanted it. It wasn't the intention. And if if I you know if I start up the motor and put some fuel in it and go out and and, and try to help it, it 
it simply feels better, and that oftentimes is not the not the most economical. Um, but I understand the emotion, and you know what? Sometimes sometimes it's a farm that's right on the lane to to the farm's home. Well, mm-hmm. that. That might be the situation where you might do it not for economic reasons, but more aesthetic reasons, it's because you have to see it every day. Exactly. You know, sometimes laissez-faire is the best management practice, even though it's counterintuitive. Yeah. But back to your question about subsidizing and trying to, quote unquote, fill in and, and help that stand, bolster that stand, it's, it's not our recommendation uh, in, a, in most circumstances. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Todd, since we're starting to run up against our time, one last final question. I'm going to pin you to it. When is the drop-dead deadline on when we need to make our uh, final replant decision done by? What is the date on the calendar? I know this is complicated. It varies by geography. But if for your own farm, what is that drop-dead date? Oh, so for my farm, um, again, let's call it 40 miles north of an Omaha latitude. Um Corn, second or third of June. Soybeans, twelfth of June. Mm-hmm. Yep, that, uh, that's probably not far off for most geographies. You know, running north to south. You know, as you run north, that might get a little bit yeah. later into the season. As you drop south, it might sure. get oh, uh, sure. but, a bit earlier. But, yeah, that sounds. But Jim, right. Yeah, but Jim, the best answer to that question, you know, is it depends. And mm-hmm. and, it, and it simply does depend. And, you know, soybeans, though, today, I, I guess I would just like to uh, conclude with this soybeans, particularly soybeans. If you if, if you need to replant today or a day later than this between the 16th of uh, May into the, the first week of June, stay with your original intended planting. Stay with that original soybean, that original maturity um, that. You know, it doesn't help you to does not help you to shorten up your maturity uh, because they are going to switch from vegetative to reproductive stage at the summer solstice or just after the summer solstice. So stick with your original plan. Uh, but the one thing that we do that we would recommend as you replant soybeans, not that you're subsidizing or filling in, but you're going to terminate the, the old stand and go back in with, with a late planting, replanting situation, you're going to need to increase your seeding rate or your population. Because the later that you plant soybeans, the shorter that they will be. So the shorter they are, the less stem area that you have, the fewer the, the fewer nodes that that plant will put on. So basically, the later you plant, you need to plant more nodes. So you need to pump your population up as you plant later. Absolutely. No, that's, that's great advice. And yeah, I think for any of our listeners that want to learn more about replant decisions for both corn and soybeans, uh, they're more than welcome to take a look at our website where under the agronomy section, we have a couple of agronomy tip sheets for replant decisions in corn and replant decisions in soybeans. And otherwise, you're more than welcome to reach out to either Todd or to myself if you have any additional questions. But Todd, thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. And please, those, those of you who are listening and, and need help, we are here for you. Thank you, Jim, for having me. Uh, thank you, Todd. As always, be sure to tune in for new episodes at any time we release them. And until then, stay field ready.